Hi, and welcome to the Hobbs Happenings Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Hobbs, and thanks for joining us today. Today on the podcast, we'll be talking to Mom about what it was like for her growing up. She joins me now. Well, hi, Mama. How are you? I'm great, Andrew. How are you? I'm just doing lovely because I see <laughs> Mama and we's talking, and it's just a good time. That's awesome. Now, I'm very surprised. This is back-to-back weeks where I've been able to talk to my parents, and it's already 8 o'clock there. And I don't know how you guys are still conscious. This is true. I couldn't stay awake for the UK game last night. <laughs> well, at least that one was better than the Duke one the other day. Oh, uh, yeah, this is true. Yeah. I bet you're loving the late games, aren't you? Yes, they're pretty great. I still almost fall asleep, which is pathetic because <laughs> they're over by 9. but And they just start at 9 with you guys. Oh, my. But well, for this podcast, we're going to do kind of what we did last week with daddy Got all of his wonderful memories of childhood. He didn't have a very good memory. So hopefully you have a better one. Huh. Uh, there wasn't a lot that existed before Arizona, <laughs> before Florida for him, but that's okay. We still love him. He's great. But yes. how about you start by telling me first, let's just start with the basics. Most of us should know, but for those that are listening that don't. Where were you born and when? Norton Hospital, Louisville, Kentucky, May 27th, 1963. That is a long time ago, Mom. Yes, sir, it is. It's okay. <laughs> we still love you. That's all right. Getting up there. Um, well, how many, how many siblings do you have? I have two brothers. Mm-hmm. One that's 19 months older than me, Mark. And Stephen is four years behind me. Okay. So were you particularly close to either of them or both of them whenever you were growing up? Uh, probably more so Mark because we were close in age and Stephen was so much further behind us. Um, probably Mark and I, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any... Um... I don't know. Your your brothers seem like interesting people. Do you have any good stories <laughs> about them getting into mischief or good memories or something like that? Oh, they were always doing something. Um, Mark, I remember the time that Mark and I were supposed to get weapons for something we had done. And he volunteered me to go first. And so I got my whipping and when it came his turn, he started talking, being the smooth talker that he was and ended up getting my dad to chuckle and he didn't get a whipping. Well, why couldn't you talk like that, mama? Evidently, I didn't have the gift. (laughs) So, and another time, um... A little bit later, this was high school. Um, well, I was in middle school. He was in high school. And some uh, big guy that really didn't belong in middle school, he was there because he had flunked several times, um, had been pretty mean to me and was threatening me. And even though Mark was at the high school, he um, got word somehow around that he was going to take care of that dude if he kept messing with me. So anyways, and as far as Steven, poor thing, I used to pick on him unmercifully. He used to just aggravate the snot out of me. 
And I was pretty mean to him sometimes. I pulled his hair a lot. And he had red hair and he had a temper to go with it. And I used to yank on his hair and he would, he still tells me that he's tenderheaded because of all the times I pulled his hair. But, and he used to go, when we go on vacation, we'd always have a little bit of money, each of us. And for some reason, when we get out to go places, he'd forget his wallet and leave it in the car. So he most always returned home with more money from vacation than he left with. Smart man. So, but he had stuff, souvenirs too. So, I mean, you know, pretty slick. Sounds like you should have been a little slicker, like your, your wonderful <laughs> siblings there. I should have been. So <laughs> what was, um, so what about, where did you live when you were growing up? Did you live in the same house for a long time or did y'all move around very much? Uh, when I was born, we lived on Linden Lane in Louisville, um, in the East End. And I don't know how old I was when we moved out, but my dad built a house around the corner um, on Roland Avenue. Mm -hmm. And we moved there. We lived there until I was in seventh grade. And when I was going into seventh grade, we moved out to the farm in Shelbyville. Mm -hmm. And when we moved there, we lived in a trailer for um well, we moved there in september i believe and on christmas eve we moved in the house that my dad built and um it was wasn't quite finished it was mostly finished but i remember because we went out they went out i didn't and he cut down a tree on the farm it was the ugliest scraggliest tree you've ever <laughs> seen in your life um, and that was our Christmas tree that year. Yeah. So, um, and then we lived there until I left home and went to college and, you know, then ended up, as you know, going back there with you guys. Yeah. And that's the house I brought you home to. But that house, whenever you lived there was different from what I remember. Right. Because daddy yeah. is the one that put the basement underneath and it was just the main floor before. Yeah, it was it was pretty different. Uh, the the layout uh, was a little bit different. Um, well, we lived there for a while with it being like um, what was a den? We had a den and all that stuff. And mm -hmm. yeah, Daddy changed all that. He reworked the top floor and then added the basement to it. Now, was it so. weird for you moving back after like you had grown up there a little bit and then it being the same house, but it looked so different, or no? Well, it didn't look different until after we lived the in it for remodel, a few years. Yeah. And, you know, so it was the same when we moved back to it. And then we made the changes. So, no, that wasn't too bad. Okay. I just remember now, like, I think it was a couple of summers ago, because um, Jason's still at the farmhouse now, isn't he? Yeah. Living there? Yeah. So, like, a couple of summers ago, me and David were doing something for Uncle Mark and moving furniture over there. And it was the weirdest thing walking back in <laughs> to the house like that I had grown up in and like it wasn't mine. It was, you know, my cousin, yeah. but it, it wasn't ours. Yeah. But, um, What were the houses like that you lived in in Louisville, the one on Linden Lane and then the one around the corner? Uh, did your brothers share rooms? How big was it? Stuff like that. Uh, the one on Linden Lane was, I think it was three bedroom, one bath. 
-hmm. little brick house. Um, not real big. It's pretty small. Um, and then when the one my dad built on Roland was three bedroom, two bath and had a full basement underneath. And we hadn't, they didn't finish the basement. It was just wide open. Um, we had different, like the washer and dryer was down there and storage. And we had like a rug and an extra bed down there for when people came. Um, we played, I used to roller skate down there. It had poles down the middle and I would roller skate. We kind of play roller derby mm -hmm. and that was a blast. And, um, and I had Barbies. I played Barbies down there all the time. I'd set up little areas and, you know, I could spread out cause I had lots of Barbies. <laughs> My dad used to find Barbies for me in houses that he was moved mm -hmm. and he'd bring them home to me. And my mom, she went to the beauty shop every week and there was a lady there that made Barbie clothes. And so about every week she'd bring me home a new Barbie outfit. <laughs> so I had lots of Barbies and spread them out all over the place down there. But upstairs were the bedrooms. My brother shared and I had my own room. I pretty much always had my own room. Every, well, all that I ever remember was my own room and a double bed. Never had to share with anybody. So it was pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Yep. Did you have a yard at either of those houses in Louisville? Yeah, we did. Um, both of them. The second one, the one on Roland, we had, I don't know how much land my dad had, my mom, dad had, but they had two or three lots over and it would dead end into a woods mm -hmm. and we had a pony lot because we had two ponies. And so behind us, there was woods. My dad always planted a big garden back there. And then we had the pony lot and then like two lots over he had cleared off and that's where he parked his trucks for the house moving business. Okay. Because he started that before I was born and, um, but he needed a little area to park the equipment. And that's where he did that. Gotcha. And then my aunt Martha and uncle Bill lived right across the street. He had moved in a house with that they lived in. And so they lived on the same street. Okay. What were your, um, your ponies names? Bo and pepper. Bo and pepper was one of them yours or did you guys just like share them amongst yourselves? We just shared them amongst us, but yeah. Bo was uh, a little white and brown. Uh, gentle as could be. I mean, we'd run and hit his rump and jump over the backside of him like that. Uh -huh. I wouldn't be able to do that now, but anyway, <laughs> um, Pepper, he was a little bit bigger. He, he'd take off running and you'd be doing good to stop him. Mm -hmm. He was, he was a little bit more interesting, but, um, they were a lot of fun. That's good. Now are these, I don't know anything about ponies. Like, could you ride the ponies? Or yeah, we rode them all the time. Okay. Did your brothers do it as much as you did? Yeah, Mark did more than Stephen because he was so little okay. at the time. But, um, yeah. So when did you get rid of them? Was it whenever y'all moved to the farm or when were they gone? I think I think it was a, a couple of years maybe before we moved to the farm. I'm not sure. I don't really remember okay. exactly. Now, Sometime. Yeah, you mentioned your dad um, started – the house moving business before you were born. Was he doing that full time when you were growing up or was he doing other stuff? No, he was doing it full time. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, 
So what other kinds of things did you like to do growing up? I know you did your roller skating in the basement and you like playing with the, the ponies and um, playing with your Barbies. What other kind of things would a young, well, I don't know. You, you, I know you go by Lynn, but Virginia, what did a young Virginia? <laughs> Let's watch it now. <laughs> what did a young mommy do whenever you were growing up? Hmm. Well, if I was lucky, um, my brother, well, Mark, Steve was too little, but Mark would let me, some of the neighborhood boys would play um, football mm -hmm. and um, I'd put on a pair of his jeans underneath my skirt <laughs> and I got to play every now and then. I was a fast runner. So, uh -huh. you know, I came in handy on that. Um, other than that, I mean, I rode my bike a lot. We had a, we lived on a dead end street, pretty quiet neighborhood. The school I went to up through fifth grade was two blocks. I rode my bike to school a lot. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, probably. That was about it. I mean, now, were you a tomboy? You like to play yes. football, but you're also doing Barbies. How did that work? Yeah, but I was more tomboy than not, probably. Okay. You know. What was what was the name of that school that you went to that was up the street? That one was Linden Elementary. Linden Elementary? Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And where, so, uh, you would have gone That was to the school that, in the summertime, they would always get rid of a bunch of books. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but they did. And so as soon as school was out, um, I would go checking out their dumpster because, you know, do you remember the um, five Chinese men book? Yes. That has haunted that me. That came forever. from the dumpster. <laughs> I understand why they got rid of it. It was essentially, if you, if you're like part of triplets or something, you can get away with murder. That was the idea of the book. It was great, though, because I'd get all these books out of there and take them home. And I had them, a, a lot of them I had for years. I mean, well, that's obvious because you yeah. knew that book. But, uh, yeah, that's where I would do that a lot. Did you like school when you were growing up? I did. I liked school. Any specific subjects that you cared for or didn't care for? Mm, I was not a big English fan. I liked math. I love to read. I just didn't like the other aspects of English. Okay. And yeah. Hated yeah. science. Yes. Well, you passed that on to me, unfortunately. <laughs> I know it's important. And I know that like I should appreciate it. And I yeah. appreciate it because I'm supposed to. But it just does absolutely nothing for me. I it just, doesn't me either. I things like this light comes on, it might as well be by magic. I don't know yep. why. It's just, yep. you know, it happens. I'm with you. Um, <laughs> now uh, now you had a different experience, um, going to school than daddy would have. Cause he went to Christian schools all growing up. Um, how was your, your public school experience? Did you, did you like it pretty well? Um, it was okay. Uh, I guess I really never knew anything different. Mm -hmm. I really wasn't aware. Now my cousins did go to a, um, a church school. It was an ACE school, but I don't know. It just never came up, you know, about us going to any Christian school. And that's the only one I ever even knew of. Yeah. And they drove over to Indiana for that. So it was all I knew. And um, through elementary, for the most part, it wasn't, I mean, I really didn't know much difference. Mm -hmm. When I got to sixth grade, it changed a little. They had built a new school 
and um, condemned our old school. So I went to the new one. It was called Low Elementary. And they had PE, but they made you dress for PE in shorts and T-shirt. And I was not allowed to do that. Um, so I always kind of felt, you know, out of place doing a lot of stuff because of that. But then they did like square dancing mm -hmm. and I couldn't participate in square dancing because my parents didn't allow me to. So I ended up and, and on the other part of it, the, um, a lot of the sports, the, uh, PE teacher did not want me doing them in a dress. He wouldn't let me do them. Uh -huh. If I couldn't wear the uniform, he wouldn't let me do them. So I love PE. I was very uh, athletic kind of at that point. I ran, I could beat any, you know, on field day, I beat everybody in the races. Um, but I couldn't participate in most of that because I couldn't wear the uniform and I couldn't dance. So therefore they, had to get my mom had to get permission for me to go to the library or do something else. So that's what I did during PE. I'd usually just go to the library and read. So now, yeah. yeah. and those uh, dress standards that you had, that was because of the church that y'all went to, right? Yes. Okay. What did you had your entire life? Had y'all always been that strict or did it change while you were around? Um, I usually wore dresses, although they would let me wear pants, you know, occasionally if the, like for a field trip that, you know, you really needed something a little more decent, like pants, you know, mm -hmm. but for the most part, I wore dresses, but I was able to wear jewelry and we cut our hair and, um, we had a TV, uh, stuff like that. When we switched churches, went to a different church, um, the Bible covenant church that all kind of changed. Uh, I couldn't, you had to wear three quarter length sleeves. Um, dresses had to be below the knee. Uh, you weren't to cut your hair, no jewelry. The TV had to go. Um, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. What did you think? How old were you when this happened? Do you think? I sixth, seventh grade. Somewhere right in there. Okay. What What did you think about all these uh, changes? I wasn't too thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> Can imagine. <laughs> but you survived them. That's good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So I wonder as well, when, because you, you grew up in a, a Christian home then. Yes. Um, you know, you guys going to church and stuff. When did your faith become real to you as opposed to just it's something that we do on Sundays? Well, I hate to say this, but probably in college. Mm -hmm. um, because it was more of a, I think you touched on it with daddy, you know, asking him if it was uh, more of a, a fear factor thing, you know, that God was going to bring down the ax on you, you know, and that's kind of the way I looked at things mm -hmm. because for me, all of a sudden overnight, we had to make a lot of changes and I never understood the changes. I mean, we couldn't, there were things like, you know, I used to roller skate. Oh, that's one thing I used to do when I was growing up too. a lot is roller skate. I used mm -hmm. to go to the skating rink 
And after we switched churches, I couldn't go to the skating rink anymore. Um, you know, we didn't go to like high school ball games. Um, we didn't, uh, you couldn't go bowling uh, or movies. Um, there's just a lot of different stuff like that. And I never really understood it. And I always felt like um, any little thing I did was, you know, it was sin and, you know, you had, I don't know. I just felt like, I don't know, I guess it was just a very, very tied down life. And I just didn't, I didn't really understand the love of God instead of the punishment of God. I looked Gotcha. at it more as a punishment. Yeah. But that changed at least a little bit whenever you were in college. Was there anything in particular, like someone that you knew that changed it for you or just kind of opening up your eyes to more of the picture? A little bit of both. There were some people I knew. And when I went to college, although it was strict to it, there were people from different, from other church backgrounds Mm hmm and I got to know them and I thought, well, it's going to be a sad world if only Bible covenant people are going to heaven because, and that's the kind of the way I perceive things. I don't know if it was, I felt like that they kind of, you know, made us think that way. But um, when I got to college, there were other people from other denominations and I saw that, you know, I didn't see anything wrong with their life. And um, it just made me look at things differently. But honestly, probably when I got married, daddy helped me understand a whole lot better Mm hmm of what it really was to be a Christian. Gotcha. Now, uh, those rules that you had when you were growing up didn't just affect uh, your the way you dressed and stuff. It affected your ability to watch or listen to Kentucky games, didn't it? Weren't you guys like Yes. not supposed to listen to the radio on church days or something? Well, it was somewhat frowned upon, you know, Mm hmm. so yeah, it kind of, we used to set out in the car, um, Mark and Steven and I and listen to ball games, you know, right before church started on Wednesday night, because we always played on Wednesday back then. And we'd listen to the games and be as late as possible going in and that wasn't well thought of. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now that was was that still i don't i don't have it in my head real well with the timeline but was that k wood did you grow up listening to k wood Oh yeah. okay Kaywood's gotcha the best. yeah yeah um so what what was your kentucky fandom i guess like whenever you were growing up were you a pretty big Oh. fan follow most of the games Oh yeah. Listen to every one of them. Never got to watch any, but saw them through the eyes of Kaywood. There you go. It's plain as day. And I'll never forget the 78 championship. I was sitting in my room because I couldn't listen to the game with everybody else in the family. It made me too nervous. And I was sitting on the edge of my canopy bed, just sort of shouting and yelling and carrying on all by myself. <laughs> but That is so nice. yeah, I was a huge fan. I saved everything. And once I was able to drive, I have a friend, Monica Romine. She was a huge fan too. And back then, Notre Dame and Kentucky uh, met every year. You know, they took turns either in Louisville or in, in Indianapolis. And uh, they would have an open practice, Kentucky would. And so she and I would go down there and go to the open practice. 
And it's kind of, you know, I don't think my parents really knew I did that. <laughs> but Sneaking around, Mom. telling on myself that. here. <laughs> well, they know now. But, um, but they, and then we would go find the hotel they were staying at. And we're real groupies, you know, for UK. Mm -hmm. And um, we got one time, um, we were downstairs and Bill Kitely, used to be managed and yeah. um, we met up with him. He was downstairs in the hotel and got to talking to him, which was really surprising because I used to be very, very, very shy. Yeah. And, but we got to talking to him and he said, Oh, you want to meet the team? And we're like, Oh, really? <laughs> so, you know, cause I was in love with Jay Scheidler and she loved Kyle Macy. Mm -hmm. And so um, he said, well, come on girls. And, he, we got in the elevator. He took us upstairs. And I will never forget because when the elevator door opened, Kyle Macy was standing there. <laughs> and Monica, she just about jumped out of her skin and she touched him. He reached out his hand to shake our hands. And she shocked him. You know, <laughs> you could see sparks. I mean, it was so bad. And she just about died. She was a redhead, very fair complected. Uh -huh. She turned as red as anything you've ever seen. Oh, and man. so anyways, but Bill took us on in. I don't know where Kyle was going, but Bill took us on into the room and they were watching tapes and Joe B. Hall sitting there and the rest oh, of the team. Man. And he said, um, he said, Joe, I had something about, it. I just, these girls were wanting to meet the team. So I just <laughs> thought I'd br bring them up here and show them what you do. And they all said, hello, you know, and then we went on out and um, it was, it was a blast. Oh I man. Mean, we had so much fun. I didn't know and, all those parts of the story. I thought it was just, you'd run into a oh, couple of them in the hotel or something, but Bill Kiley, oh, no. Joe B. Hall. No, 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 no. The best one, this was another year. It was a different year. They were staying at the hotel across the road from the, the other one, uh, executive in. Uh -huh. And we went over there, hung out. It was more toward the evening. It was after practice. And so we went over there and they were having a big party. The governor was there and uh, Lieutenant governor and all these mm -hmm. people, you know, and everybody's pretty dressed up and the team was all there and we could see them. They were all going in this big ballroom. And I said, why don't we see if we can get in? And she's like, she was always, for some reason I was the daredevil and she wasn't. <laughs> and she didn't talk much either, but she, she said, Oh then we'll get in trouble. And I said, well, it won't hurt us to try. I said, just act like you know what you're doing. So we walked down the hall. We're walking along, you know, and they have guard. They have people at the doors checking everybody as they go in, seeing if I think it was you had to have you had to have something, some kind of credentials to get in. And, you know, they, I was just chatting with them all. And and we just kind of scooted right on in the door and we just moseyed around eight the hors d'oeuvres and acted like we knew exactly oh, what we were doing. And we belonged <laughs> there. We had so much fun. We were there for, I don't know how long. And then afterwards we had gotten it. That was the year. Um, Chuck Alexinas was there. Okay. And I don't remember who else, but it was him and three or four others. We had started talking to them and they went out with us. They followed us out. We were leaving and, um, they, we stood outside and talked to them for probably 15, 20 minutes or more. Huh. And 
Then we said, well, we got to get going. You know, I didn't want to wear our welcome out. You know, if we were yeah. found out, we'd be in real big trouble. <laughs> so, but yeah, that was pretty cool. That is that awesome. Cool. Yep. Did, you, did you ever get to go to any games in Lexington growing up? No. No? no I wasn't allowed to. No. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. No. But, um, so what was behind the move out to Shelby County? Was it they just needed more space for the... Uh, yeah. The company that was growing? Well, yes, they needed more space uh, because they needed more room for the equipment. But busing started in Louisville mm -hmm. uh, in 78 and or 70, 76, 76. And um, the next year, the next school year, I was scheduled to be bus clear the other side of downtown and Mark was going to be going to some other school on the other side of town. And I don't know where Stephen was going. I think he was going to be local mm -hmm. for a while. And my mom fought vigorously against busing. And um, they didn't want us bust all over the country and all that stuff. I mean, we had hardly even ridden a bus to school, much less, you know, be bused. Because you would have to get up so early and your yeah. day is forever long and it was really a stupid concept anyway and um so because of the busing and because of uh needing more space both uh we almost ended up in bullet county daddy had found some property out there that he really liked but my mom hated it she didn't want to move to the country anyway mm -hmm. but we did and that's why we moved to shelby county gotcha now what the the property i know that whenever y'all got out there your dad uh built the farmhouse and stuff so that wasn't there but like um, that pond was man-made, right? Was it out there whenever y'all got there? As far as I know, it was. I don't remember it being dug or anything. Okay. What about those, um, the barns and the uh, garage? Was it all there? And was it uh, the, the driveway? No. Was it there? The, uh, the garage wasn't. Okay. Um, the barns were. There was the barn behind. Uh, there was also the chicken coop and that other little shed. Mm -hmm. And then the milk barn, the one across the little road there, yeah. that one in the silo was there. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, what about that? Um, uh, the playhouse that was there. Didn't your, didn't Paul build that? That's My grandpa built that. Yep. Yeah. Paul built that for me. Um, we had that when I lived on Roland Avenue. And, and then y'all moved it brought out there? Brought it out there. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, what, um, what was your relationship like with, Paul and Granny, or what did you call them? Because we called them Paul and Granny, but <laughs> well, I called her Granny because of you all. Yeah, but I grew up calling her Memma. Okay, Memma and Paul. Um, and then she and I had a little inside joke that we were the old biddies. You know, I'd call mm -hmm. her the old biddy. She called me the young biddy. <laughs> um, that was a lot later, but yeah, she's my best friend. I mean, she was awesome. Yeah. Um, when when did that start where you guys were so close? Was that when you were growing up or was it later? Well, I grew up with my mom's family was all usually pretty close by. And so mm -hmm. my dad's family wasn't. So when I was growing up, all of our holidays, um, my aunts and uncles and my mom and pa would come over usually to our house because we had the bigger house. And we had all of our holidays together. We spent we always had a big meal at Christmas. Thanksgiving, um, 
my grandma lived right up around the corner for years. Um, her and Pa did. In fact, they lived for a little while in the house where I was born. Uh, after you know, after we had moved out, uh -huh. um, but they were always pretty close by. They moved to J Town, which is what twenty minutes away or so. Mm -hmm. uh, for a little bit. And then they moved over to Fern Creek. The house they moved into on Fern Creek was one that daddy moved for them okay. and had it set up, you know, for them. So, but yeah, I was always pretty close to them. Um, got a lot closer later in later years, but I was the oldest granddaughter. Mm -hmm. I was named after her. And if any other kids, cousins ever listen to this too bad, but I was the favorite <laughs> and um, she and I were always pretty close and, and in later years, we read a lot of the same books. Uh, -huh. uh we love Christian fiction and she especially loved the, um, any Amish series. Mm -hmm. And, um, we would call, even when I lived in Florida and we would chat about, um, the books, um, that we were reading and lots of times people would be listening to us and they thought we were talking about real people, <laughs> <laughs> but nope. It's just our book. Oh man. Um, yeah. She's pretty cool. Yeah, she's pretty cool. Yeah. That's neat. Um, now you mentioned earlier that you were a little, uh, shy whenever you were growing up. How shy was shy? <laughs> pretty shy. Yeah. I never said much of anything to anybody unless they were UK players, of course, mm -hmm. but, for some reason that brought it out of me, but for the most part, I was very, very, very shy. Now, when did that change? When I went to college. Was there something that brought it on or just a yep. eureka moment? What? I went to college and I was around all these people and I thought, went to, I was thinking one day I was walking up the sidewalk and I thought, you know, I'm never going to have any fun here if I don't start talking because I would see other people. A lot of the other people knew people. I didn't know anybody when I went there. And I thought, I'm never going to have any fun unless I start to talk a little bit, you know? So one day I started talking and I have not shut up since. <laughs> so I think daddy would probably agree. <laughs> I know. So did you I ever, know. like, whenever you met daddy, was that, um, had you gotten past your shy stage by then? Did he ever know the the shy you? No, not really. No. Okay. <laughs> no. See, yeah, I don't he has a hard, he has a hard time believing it. I don't even. Yeah, I don't even know if I believe you that you used to be it's shy. True. The only it's thing that, the only thing that gets me is that I maybe not to the extent that you were, but like I used to not talk very much at all in in high school, like at school and stuff. I guess home was different, but like just not very much. And, um, and you talk I, all I the time now. Yeah, I started a podcast just because <laughs> I like to talk. Yes. I was so shocked the other day whenever I did, I shouldn't have been, but whenever I did that podcast that was just me talking by myself, yeah. whenever I, whenever I started, I was like, well, I wonder if I'll like have to, you know, take a break and figure out what I'm saying <laughs> and stuff like that. 40 minutes later, I was just straight talking <laughs> and done, just talking to the Going wind. Strong. Yeah. <laughs> Insane. But, uh, what what brought you down to Hope Sound for college? Um, what what made you decide to go down there? Well, when I was when we were in the Bible Covenant Church, this is one very good thing that came about from us going to that church, even though it was so strict. Um, we got introduced to Hope Sound Camp. They have a camp meeting every year in February, and 
people from all denominations, uh, holiness denominations would come and they would have a 10 day camp meeting starts on the first Thursday of every February and runs through two Sundays. And so when I was, a uh, when we started going, um, and we went every year, um, that's one thing my dad and mom, we packed up and went, it didn't matter if it was snowing or what was going on. We packed up and went and I got introduced to the area and I thought, man, I love it down here. Mm. For one thing, it was, I came from a very small church. And so there were so many other young people and people that, you know, I thought, well, these people are Christians, you know, and I love Florida. Um, I just, it was just very, I just really kind of fell in love with it, the area and stuff. And so my mom and dad never really pushed us to, about college. I never really was encouraged to go to college. Wasn't discouraged, but it never, I don't know, I guess just never thought much about it. Yeah. And, um, but my dad did say by the time Mark was ready to graduate, he would like all of us to go to one year of Bible college. Mm-hmm. You know, he thought that'd be good for us. And so Mark went one year and then came back and, you know, got married. Um, so between, you know, really it didn't have to be a requirement for me. Cause I just, I thought, man, this is great. I'm going to come here. Yeah. And it was pretty much just from going to the camp meeting there and falling in love with it. So, um, now you said uncle, was, yeah. uncle Mark went down to Hope Sound as well. He went one year. Um, he graduated in 79 and went from 79 to 80. And then he came home. Um, and got married the following December. Okay. And then I went in, when did I, oh, I graduated in 81. Mm-hmm. And so I went, I went for two years. Okay. What about uh, Stephen? What'd he do? He went straight to UK. Okay. Um, and he graduated from there. So. Gotcha. Now, what did you study whenever you were at Hope Sound? <laughs> well, um, they had... Uh, ministerial they had missions they had education and they had music uh-huh. um so ministerial right I'm gonna be a lady preacher so nope <laughs> and i did not want to be a teacher uh-huh so, hey it's not a bad job well it wasn't for me and i did not have a musical bone in my body in fact i did try out for one of my friends conned me into trying out for the they had the chapel choir which was the really good one and then they had a lesser one Mm-hmm. And she tried to, she conned me into trying out for the lesser one. And I'll never forget the lady looks at me and says, um, well, you'd have to lose that accent before you could ever even begin to sing. <laughs> so I knew music wasn't a go for me. Uh-huh. Um, so I went into the missions program. Oh. And it was pretty fun. I mean, we did little, like little, you know, retreats and stuff like that. And it was, it was an interesting thing. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't probably that's why it didn't bother me to quit after the second year, because it wasn't something I felt called to do. Yeah. And, I, you know, didn't see myself going any further in it. Um, yeah. So now what about, uh, so you like college, right? It was a lot of fun. I did. My original plan when I went to college was they had a, I wanted to be a stewardess uh-huh. and they had a thing in Fort Lauderdale or somewhere down that way. 
that um, had, um, oh, it had, um, you know, it's trained you to be a stewardess. Okay. And I wanted to, because, you know, I knew people went there to school and then they would take nursing in on the side. Mm -hmm. So I thought maybe I could do that, but they wouldn't let me do it. So didn't work out. No. Why'd you want to be a stewardess? I just thought it'd be cool to travel. Now, did y'all travel much uh, growing up? I know you went down to Hope Sound for camp meetings and stuff, but besides that, did you travel? Yes, we did. Um, my dad was one of these people that would come in at three o'clock in the afternoon and said, if y'all can be ready by five, we're going to California. Oh, I like them. Okay. So <laughs> that's what we did. But we went to a lot of, um, he always dreamed of having a house moving magazine. Uh -huh. Or some kind of a publication because house movers are kind of few and far between. And uh, there's no, like if somebody wanted to sell some equipment or wanted to buy some, there was not any method of, you know, any mutual contact. Okay. And so his dream was to have something like that. So we would go on trips and everywhere we went, we would stop and visit house movers. He would find house movers in the area. If we went every time we stopped at a hotel, we'd be in a phone book looking up all the house movers hmm. um, and we would go visit them. And he took down names, numbers, addresses, and eventually did start a house moving magazine called the House of Building Mover. And um, it was for many years of traveling and, and talking to house movers and um, doing like that. But, yeah, we did travel a lot. We made several trips out west. Um um, just all over really. What was your, if you could pick a favorite or a couple of favorite places that you visited when you were growing up? Well, I think the Redwoods in California was really cool. Mm -hmm. When we went there, I don't know how old I was. I was pretty young the first time. I always thought that was pretty cool. I really enjoyed Mount Rushmore. And, of course, we visited the Corn Palace, you know, in Mitchell, South Dakota, which was just – and Wall Drug. You see signs everywhere for Wall Drug and the Corn Palace, and they're very overrated. But it was fun <laughs> to say that you had been there. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. We went to the Wisconsin Dells one time, and that was really cool. Mackinac Island was really cool in Michigan. Um, but – one of my favorites that I remember, and I don't know how old I was. I was pretty young, and I'm not sure. I believe it was in Mont uh, not Montana, Wyoming or somewhere, and they had Flintstone land, and it was awesome. They had the – you remember the Flintstones? Yes. And they drove around in those cars with the, the that looked like stones, you know, mm -hmm. for the wheels. They had cars and stuff like that. Really? It was so cool. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you, where was that at? Do you remember or no? I don't remember exactly. I'm thinking, I don't think it was Wyoming. It was somewhere right, I mean, Wyoming, Colorado, somewhere. Well, you got to let me know, Mom, so I can see if Flintstone Land it's, still exists. It's not, because I tried to find uh, it when you all were kids, and um, I never could find any. 
I have trace of it. I have a new calling in life. I'm quitting this teaching stuff and I'm going to go, go start me a Flintstone land. Yeah. It was Flintstone. cool because I always loved the Flintstone. Yabba-dabba-doo, you know. And <laughs> I just always loved the Flintstones and Wilma and Fred and yeah, all of them. And so I, it was just really cool to me. <laughs> Did you have any other TV shows when you were growing up that the you liked? The Jetsons. The Jetsons. The Jetsons, yes. Awesome. Loved them. Hmm. Yeah. Now, when y'all traveled out west, uh, did you go in an RV? Was it a car? What were you doing? Um, we went in a car, but then at some point, I was older. Well, in fact, I could drive. I was sixteen. I think I just turned sixteen, and my dad uh, bought a motorhome, and we drove out in a motorhome because I remember I drove in. Kansas all of a sudden he's like here you drive for a while okay <laughs> I was 16 I had driven my a little Datsun you know or, or Monte Carlo or something I didn't so yeah that was interesting well and there's there's not much in Kansas to mess up no, on if you can steer true. straight <laughs> although I do okay. remember a trip through there where somebody had a flat tire well so. you know that's that's neither here nor there yeah we got yeah, through it that was pretty cool fun experience Yep. But, well, neat. Well, I, I'm still yeah. bitter, though. I never went out west. This is as far as I've gone, and it's because I went here. I mean, we went to Arizona, but never, I never saw the Redwoods. Well, if you go further west and keep going further west, you went to Germany. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a good yes. point. Good point. Well, maybe. <laughs> Maybe I should get on grandma then because she took the older siblings to, to Europe. And so it should be switched now because you took. No, the, she didn't take them. Larry did. Oh, Larry. Well, Uncle Larry, did. Uncle Larry did. And I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody yeah. owes me a trip. <laughs> yep. There you go. But yeah. Um, how about some, some events, uh, big, any other big events for like your childhood that you remember growing up that just really stick out to you? Well, I don't know about major events. My, I mean, there was some, the first one that comes to my mind was more of a painful one. Um, I, my aunt Libby, she was my mom's youngest sister. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth Gale was her name. And she was, probably 11 years older than me, 12 years older than me, I guess, okay. something like that. And my mom was the oldest of five. And so um, she was the youngest and I was very close to her. She's a beautician. She mm -hmm. went to beauty school and she used to come home or she had, she's always doing something to my hair. That was back before we were Bible covenant okay. and I could cut my hair mm -hmm. and, um, we'd go down there, you know, where she worked, where she finally got a job after she got out of beauty school. And she was always doing something with my hair and my mom's hair. And, and she was just so much fun. She was the most fun. Um, I, I just had a blast with her. She was like a big sister to me. I never had a sister. Yeah. And so she was just, you know, she was my hangout person. In fact, she didn't get married until she was, I believe 28 or 29. Mm -hmm. and then she moved to Lexington, which was totally awesome because she was a huge UK fan too. 
Yeah. And I used to go up there and visit her. I would drive up there and we would just, you know, listen to games and do all that. And she was just, she was a lot of fun. And, but sadly, um, I think when she was, I think she was 30, she was 29 or 30. Um, they found out that she had leukemia. Yeah. I was visiting her one day, actually up in Lexington and noticed that she had lots of bruises and I said, Aunt Libby, what's wrong with you? She said, I don't know. She said, I've been feeling bad for the last two weeks and I haven't, can't get over it, you know? And I said, you really need to go to the doctor or something. She said, yeah, but she didn't ever like to go. And so when I got back to Shelbyville, I talked to my mom and who talked to my grandma and said, you know, she, she's, you know, you need to get on her because she's sick. Well, she went, when she did go to the doctor, they put her in that hospital the very day. And a month later, she was gone. Oh, man. And um, it was pretty traumatic for me. She, I was very close to her. And I and her being a beautician, she was very concerned about her hair. They gave her chemo for a little bit. But she, her hair fell out. And I remember she asked me, she said, Lynn, she said, can you um, help me with my hair? And I started to. And it just fell out in clumps. Mm. And, um, yeah, it, it was just a very traumatic experience for me and i was a junior in high school at the time yeah and um but i mean that's that's one of the worst experiences um good things you know i don't know we had a lot of fun times we um moving to the farm was a big deal yeah you know um that was a big life changer going to a new school. I remember, and I don't know if this is, you may want to cut this part out, but I went, when I went to middle school, I had gone to school with one black, per, two black people before in my life. We lived in the East end. There wasn't, you know, nothing. I, I got no problem with them, but I just had never been around them. Mm. And I walked into West middle school in downtown Shelbyville and I saw three times more black faces than I did white faces. And it was an interesting experience for me. <laughs> and well, it's just because it was something I was so unused to. Yeah. And I'll never forget a girl came up to me. I must have looked like a forlorn little, I don't know what. And she came up to me. Her name was Debbie Hawkins. And we're friends to this day. And she came up and she said, hi, my name's Debbie. She said, what's yours? And so I told her and she befriended me and really just, she had been born and raised in Shelby County. She knew everybody. Yeah. And she's just the very nicest person. In fact, her husband is the one that manages that cemetery right there on, uh, in Shelbyville, the big oh, one. Okay. Yeah. 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 And she works at Farm Bureau and she still keeps in contact with me, you know, from time to time on Facebook and Christmas cards. But, um, yeah, but it was funny because I was known as the girl who always wore dresses. Mm -hmm. She was the girl who never, ever wore a dress. <laughs> I never, ever saw her in a dress. Huh. So it was like we were to totally opposite people. But, um she was a great friend to me, you know, other than that, probably in high school, we, uh, Monica and Belinda, um, 
they were two of my really good friends. Um, Monica was the big UK fan. Belinda actually went to Wesleyan church in Louisville and, um, but I got to know them really well. They lived out where I, near where I did. We rode one of the same buses and they, they and I would take a class cut every spring and go to Kings Island. We had season passes to Kings Island and we would go and just go hang out at Kings Island and, you know, we had a blast. So, yeah. Hmm. Now I wonder, speaking of skipping school, whenever you guys went down to that, um, uh, the Hope Sound camps and stuff in February, how did you pull that off with missing as much school as you would have? Well, it wasn't easy. Um, <laughs> they would give us so many days excuse. We were usually gone two weeks. Okay. And they would usually give us, I think it was seven days. And so we never missed school for anything. We were never stayed home because we were sick, nothing. And, but we would take off in February. And if we were gone, most of the teachers, not most, but several of my teachers were always real nice about it. And they'd say, oh, you know, you can make up the work or whatever. I had a couple that would just give me straight zeros for anything I missed. Huh. And I had one teacher in particular, my sophomore year, he was an atheist and made it very well known that he was an atheist. And because I had to go to him, and explain to him, I had to get permission. I had to tell him what I was doing. I said, we're going to a church camp, blah, blah, blah. And I was nervous as I'll get out talking to him about it. And because he really made fun of religious things, period. Yeah. And he was the best teacher to work with. He did not great. He said, you don't have to make up any work. I won't give you any, you know, no zeros. Huh. Um, you're good. Just go have a good time. And that was it. He was That's the mean. best teacher to work with on that than any that I had. So, but the rest of them, yeah, but lots of times, being that it was February and it was in the 70s, we usually had a big snowstorm. And if we had a big snowstorm, I remember one year in particular, I believe it was 78, my dad had to plow out of that long drive yeah. for us to get the motorhome out. And he did and got us down the road. And we only ended up missing actual I think it was one or two days of school Wow! because there were three years in a row in the seventies that we did not go back from Christmas break until sometime in the middle of February. Wow. So those were good years because I didn't miss any school hardly. <laughs> so. You ever have the truancy offers officers come after you? You know, I don't, I don't think so. No, not that I recall. Maybe they were behind the snowplow that you guys had chasing. You well, on those years, one after one of those, the second year, I think it was, they came up with the bright idea to make this go Saturdays. Oh, dear. And we had to go into June to make up for the some of the days because we had missed so many. Well, that um, reminds me. I think it was the my junior year at Cornerstone where we had all those days that we missed because of snow. And so yeah. they ended every school day. Like we went early and stayed a little bit later. 
um, so that we can make up the days without having to add any extra. And then at the end mm. of the year, the public schools hadn't done any of that, and they just forgave all the days. And oh. so it was completely pointless. That, That's such a bummer. I know. It was terrible. <laughs> wow. And now well, these schools send work home for them in case oh, yeah. they have snow days. I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree oh, with well. you here. You, you'll be proud of me, though. My, I've had complaints from one or two parents that I don't give enough homework, that they're not really? working because they don't have homework. Yeah. Uh, apparently, that's a gauge of whether or not school is difficult and challenging oh, them if they have homework. I was like, no. Well, we I'm just, proud of you. They read. And then, uh, then I teach during the day, but they only do is read at home. But yeah, that's good. Um, did you have any other really good friends growing up or uh, during your high school years or anything? Um. Well, when I was younger, I had in elementary. I had a Ellen McGrath. She was a really good friend of mine. Very nice. And Despina, a girl named Despina. And then. You know, like I said, I met Debbie, and she helped me through middle school. But that's when, and then in high school is when I met Monica and Belinda. And it was pretty much them two all through high school that were the closest to me. Okay. There was a few others here and there, but we were like three stooges. We did, like, they didn't go to, I didn't go to prom, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, they, I think Belinda might have, no, she didn't. Belinda might have went one year, but we, instead of prom, like one year, we drove to Lexington and went out, got dressed up, went to some really nice restaurant. Huh. You know, they did things like that with me, you know, and um, yeah, we had a lot of fun. Yeah. Were you, because um, I know you said when you were in middle school, it made you feel bad that you couldn't do PE and stuff like that. Were you uh, picked on very much at school because you were different quite a bit for by some people um you know they would stand at the bottom of the stairs and act like they were looking at my dress and they would you know start whispering when i'd come around because when i was in high school is when i had to wear the long sleeve back then they didn't make much that was three-quarter length sleeve yeah so i usually wore like a button-up you know, collared shirt with the long sleeves and then I'd roll them up and I had to wear, I wore hose. I had to wear hose. And, um, then for some reason, when you're 16, evidently you're supposed to start wearing your hair up. (laughs) And so I wore my hair up, which made me look very different, you know? And so there were some not really nice people and there were some, um, really ugly people. I remember when I was in high school, uh, you'll remember Norris Beckley yeah, and Mike George. They were on the Shelby County 78 team basketball team that won the state championship. Okay. And for some reason I had Mike George and I was in a class with him and he was always very, very nice to me. Very nice to me. And I, again, I couldn't do PE because they insisted that you wear the uniform and I couldn't yeah. even though actually when I got to high school, they had a separate gym for girls and boys, Yeah, but I still couldn't. So I went to the library again and Norris, for some reason he was in the library at the same time at the one year, one semester. And we'd get to talk and 
I was a big sports fan, you know, so um, we get to talking and he was always very, very nice to me. Yeah. And, and some of the other kids were too. There were some in my class, they were older than I was, but some in my class were really nice. And then there were some that were just, you know, I used to have this one guy that would sit behind me and he would just sit back there and just say things constantly, say ugly things to me. <laughs> just, I mean, just, he'd whisper them, just anything to just try to get me going. And mm -hmm. yeah, he was really a naughty person, but anyway, <laughs> I survived. That's good. <laughs> yep. Um, how about any time up through high school or even in college, did you have any uh, teachers that really stuck out to you that influenced you? Oh, Mr. Bailey. I had Mr. Bailey in um, high school, 11th grade history. Mm -hmm. He pretty much stirred my love for history. I, I had never had a teacher like him. He was very spontaneous. He told it like you were, he told things in, about history and made you feel like you were living it. Yeah. Um, he was an awesome teacher. He's very fair to everybody. Never favored anybody. And I really, really liked him. He was awesome. Hmm. And the sad thing is, he's the best teacher I ever had. And a couple years later, they made him retire because he did not have I think his masters hmm. and they were going through something where they were getting rid of people that didn't have masters or something. I don't, I don't remember. And he really was, he was just a, an awesome teacher. seems pretty ignorant getting rid of somebody like that. Cause they don't have it was, a certain degree. It was because he was so knowledgeable, so knowledgeable. Yeah. But my biology teacher, the one that was an atheist, he was kind of, he was very weird, but he was very nice. Mm -hmm. One year for an exam, he had, you had to bring in something. I think the requirement was exotic, cooked okay. to eat. And they were all lined up and they had numbers on them. And you had to go around and taste each one mm -hmm. and write a comment about it. And if you didn't taste it, you got it wrong. And this is Kentucky, and this is in the country. Yes. And you can just imagine there was just about every possible animal there. I mean, I mean it was gross. <laughs> and some things I just could not try. Mm -hmm. So I didn't do very well on that exam. Okay. <laughs> but, You're not yeah. but he was a cool teacher. I did not like science. He taught uh, biology. I liked chemistry because it was like algebra. Uh -huh. But... Um, if you had to take biology, he was, a, he was pretty cool to take it from. That's um, good. Well, I think we're probably about out of time with this talking and, you know, you, you I think you've probably gone way over your limit. That's okay. <laughs> but you might uh, want to edit a whole lot out. Yeah. But I did want to wrap up. Uh, with with one more kind of a broad question, I guess I asked this to Dad last week, um, and it's it's a it's a strange one, but maybe you can answer it because uh, you would consider your childhood a happy one, right? Yeah. So, what do you think? Because it obviously, you know, nobody's is, and 
you know, yours specifically, it wasn't, you know, a perfect childhood or anything like that. What, mm -hmm. what do you think was the key to you having a, a happy childhood? That's a hard question, Andrew. Yes, I know. Well, like you said, I say I have a happy childhood and there were a lot of really good times. Yeah. It's no secret that my mom and dad also fought a lot mm -hmm. and ultimately ended in divorce. Um, you know, I, I just remember as a child being happiest when I could play outside and just, um, I really enjoyed being outside and doing, you know, doing whatever I could outside, really, you know, whether it was riding a big wheel, riding a pony, riding a bicycle, um, playing ball, uh, doing whatever. I don't know what the secret to being a happy child would be, you know, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm afraid that I can't help you much on that one. What did daddy say? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Probably just about the same stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, I love to read. Yeah. I lost myself in books a lot. When things bothered me, I'd find me a really good book, which I always had books everywhere. And yeah. I would just kind of lose myself. In, or when bad things were going on, I would lose myself in a book, you know, or I'd play my pretend world with my Barbies. Um, so that got me through bad times. Um, I enjoyed going to one thing in, in, that my mom and dad did we were able to go to church camps. Now, mm -hmm. not when I was real young, but when I got older there, uh, we went to church camps a lot and I really enjoyed those. And, um, I, I think every kid should have that opportunity to go to camps if they can good you know, Christian camps. Yeah. Do you, do you have anything daddy mentioned last week, something like a, a life lesson or two that you really remember learning from your parents. If you learn nothing else from them, uh, one or a couple of things that you learned from them. He mentioned that, you know, he, he still remembered um, his, his parents saying something about like when it, when it comes to marriage um, it's all that stuff's a choice. Like you, you choose every day to be with the person that you're with and to continue to love them and, and things like that. Is there anything, uh, any quality you think that you really learned from your mom or your dad or both? I learned to work hard. Mm -hmm. I learned that um, don't take anything for granted. Um, and I learned that family is very important. Extended family is important. I grew up with cousins. You know, I was the oldest girl. Mark was the oldest boy, but we had lots of cousins underneath us. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, and um, I enjoyed my aunts and uncles. You know, I remember a lot of good times, you know, with things like that. Um, my mom and my dad were both hard workers, you know, so. Yeah. And and to be in church. And we were in church when the every time the church door was open. It was instilled in me, you know, that I need to be at church. Yeah. You know, whether things were good or whether whether they were bad, you know, you stayed yeah. in church. Well, I think that's probably good advice for all of us to keep in mind. <laughs> yeah.
But, well, Mama, I really enjoyed doing this interview. I hope you did, too. And thanks for joining. Love you, Andrew. Love you, too. And to those of you listening, thanks so much for joining here on the Hobbs Happenings Podcast, where we use stories to bring our family closer together. Join us next time as we will have a collection of stories of what we're thankful for for this Thanksgiving holiday. Until then, toodles. Toodles.